This Texas A&M game is such a big opportunity for the Miami Hurricanes national TV against an SEC opponent. We hadn't even talked about the opportunities this presents in recruiting. You are locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube as we continue Texas A&M week. By the way, I get so jealous when I see all of your photos on social media, all the Canes fans who are taking pictures in your plane where you're flying to Texas this week represent hard out there it's going to be difficult to get your voices heard over that 12th man but scream and yell as loud as you can and hopefully Miami will be the one celebrating after the game and you know hopefully this game if Miami comes and shows out can give Miami some advantages in recruiting that's why we love to talk to one of our recruiting experts the foremost expert on high school football Larry Bluestein from 560 WQAM and the Six Ring Kane Show our boy Blue, how you doing, sir? Good, Alex. Can't complain. Uh, big week. Uh, I think everybody's been kind of circling this day uh, since uh, the schedule was made. One of two games that they said would be obstacles, and we know that you know Hurricane fans uh, uh, love to look ahead. And I'm sure Mario Cristobal. And it's true, uh, you know, in his in his uh, post game presser last week, the one thing that he emphasized is. Uh, now we can put this game behind and, and concentrate on a game that you all have been thinking about for a long time. Yeah, and Blue, I I want to ask you, how big of an opportunity does this present in impressing recruits? And I know not, not all of the players Miami's chasing in the 2023 class and 2024 class, not all of them are like prioritizing how's Miami going to play in this game, but I believe some of them are because I remember comments made over the last couple of months by, you know, players like uh, Damari Brown that Miami's been chasing and Christopher Johnson who have said, like, they want to see what Miami looks like early in the season. And I would imagine this is probably a game they had circled on their calendars. You know, a guy like Hakeem Williams, who has been trending toward Texas A&M, but Miami and Florida State are also on the shortlist for him. He's going to be at the game making an official visit to Texas A&M. So, Blue, how big of an impact could this game, if Miami shows up and plays well, how big an impact can that have on recruiting? Well, from the standpoint, you know, being in a Texas A&M home game, and obviously they're going to get all their targets there and put them on the sideline or wherever they're going to put them and just let them take in the game from their, their vantage point. And obviously you said there's a couple of kids uh, that'll be there that have Miami in mind, but there's a probably a hidden factor that a lot of people don't know. And that's Corey Flack and uh, him being from 37 miles away from yeah. uh, college station in Houston area. Uh, he's going to have a lot of people there, a lot of former teammates, a lot of uh, guys from his school, North shore, a lot of uh, kids from that area as well. So, That's a hidden factor that a lot of people don't really understand because, you know, when Miami was relevant back in the day, I mean, you look at Jesse Armstead and you look at Kevin Williams and, you know, uh, players of that caliber, uh, Damian Lewis, um, that came from Texas. 
And that really made a mark. And, and I think that a lot of these people understand with the way that Corey has played, being a leader as a tackler and probably uh, one of the most dependable players Miami's had in the first couple of games because he's always Johnny on the spot. Uh, that's going to be something to, to kind of look at as well. And, and, and I think that this, to answer your question, it's going to be really big. It's not going to be as huge as a Florida state Miami game, but it's still going to be relevant because there's a lot of kids that are going to go to this game. And if Miami plays well, uh, which we expect them to, um, uh, they're going to remember this. And when it's time to make a decision to go, you know what? I was impressed with Miami. They're not real deep at this position. And I get a chance to maybe come in because the way I look at it, win, lose or draw Texas A&M right now is two years ahead of Miami depth wise, a lot of frontline talent. Uh, you and I talked before uh, that they have a lot of, you know, key kids on the team. Uh, but this can close the gap real quick because Miami with their class coming in next year, and then hopefully some 24 kids that they'll get on the line, it'll close the gap extremely quick. And within two years, Miami will, will legitimately be in that conversation as one of the top teams. You know, um, it's interesting because I, I look at this matchup and I, I don't really put a whole lot of stock into the fact that Texas A&M just lost to Appalachian State at home because yeah. um, it's no I, longer I just, an upset. It's, right. <laughs> Appalachian I, State will yeah. we'll get in and look at what happened last year with Miami. They'll, yeah. they'll get in your side, but I understand yeah. what you're saying. Like, I still think this is an incredibly tough game. Like, I, I guess, like, you look at this and you say, Texas A&M, they have, they have issues, especially with quarterback play, and their running game has not hit their stride yet either. And they just, like, they, they completely lost the battle of clock control last week. So, right. you know, you look at it, you say, Texas A&M have some imperfections, but they still, like, on paper, they have more talent than Miami does, but they had a lot more talent than App State did. So when you look at things like blue chip ratio, I mean, how much does that really matter? I guess we can debate yeah. that. But I, I want to start, though, Blue. I think one position where Miami can definitely have an advantage is at quarterback. Uh, you know, Tyler Van Dyke didn't have his best game last week, but I still I would put a lot more faith in TVD than I would in Haynes King on the other side. And there's kind of an interesting some scouting reports coming out of Texas A&M practice this week because their starter, King, has been far from convincing. And reports out of uh, College Station say that apparently Haynes King, Max Johnson, the transfer from LSU, and Connor Wigman have been splitting quarterback reps this week. So it sounds to me, Blue, like Jimbo Fisher, you know, maybe he wants to put these smoke signals out there to try and complicate the preparations for Miami. But I also think that Haynes King could be on a short leash this week, that if he doesn't start well, we may see multiple quarterbacks play for Texas A&M. Well, to be honest with you, you try to throw a curveball at Miami like Southern Miss did because the yeah. week before against Liberty, they ran, uh, they, they passed the ball a total of nine times. They did that in the first quarter last week. So, you know, they everybody's going to try to to go against what they what they believe, and I don't think that Mar Coach Cristobal and his team are they're pra they're practicing and preparing for all three of them, so it doesn't yeah. really matter. They're not, it's not like you're going to get a Heisman Trophy Award winner that's going to emerge out of those three. So <laughs> Miami needs to take care of business up front, and that's going to be the tough part. And that's where Texas A and M is like a fortress up front with yeah. two seniors and three juniors and a sophomore starting. Uh, with a lot of experience, as you mentioned, they have a chains, a really good running back. Uh, they have a couple of good backs, but so does Miami. 
And I think that you you said uh, the one key thing that you said is that at quarterback position. And with Tyler Van Dyke, who I think in big games, look back last year, he distributed the ball extremely well. Yeah. And he he changed up. The guys like Will Mallory and Xavier Restrepo, and all of a sudden Michael Redding, who's been a pretty dependable guy. They're going to be in the rotation. Plus, you're going to have a lot more looks from Rooster. I think he's going to get Jalen Knight is going to get a lot more carries in his game. And I'll tell you what, Parrish is a big time dude. You know, I mean, he let's is. let's face it. He, he ran for 800 yards in the SEC last year. So he, and, and he blue so, somebody somebody put out a good stat, by the way, for what it's worth. Henry Parrish against uh, against Texas A&M last year when he was with Ole Miss averaged six point four yards per carry. So okay. he's had success against them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, at least, I mean, at least you have something to go by, but I think with them and then getting, when, when they get inside the twenties with that Franklin, who, who will wear you down, you know, if you're a linebacker, I don't care who you are. You could see when he's a big pounding back, he's over 220 pounds. Uh, So I think Miami's running game will be really good key on offensive line. Obviously you have to watch out for the, for a lot of holdings or mistakes. And remember this, um, and I was told a long time ago that anybody uh, who has a big crowd that has an entire day like this at nine o'clock start Eastern time, just like LSU, when LSU plays those night games are a whole different animal than when they play at noon or, yeah. or three o'clock. So it, the crowd's going to be crazy. It's going to be 90 percent uh, A&M fans. And that means almost 90,000 fans are going to root for them. Uh, but I just think that uh, as soon as the nerves settle down and you start playing football, I think Miami needs to run the ball coming out, no doubt. And, um, you know, but they have a quarterback just in case, that, you know, mm-hmm. in case they start stacking the box. I think that uh, somebody like Tyler Van Dyke will remind Jimbo Fisher and his team uh, that he's pretty damn good. So, um, yeah, I, I feel really optimistic from the offensive part. Um, and I don't think Miami's worrying too much about Alex, about their quarterback situation at Texas A&M, because like I said, Southern Mississippi uh, threw a curve at Miami last week. And, you know, I mean, they they expected to get a heavy dose, uh, dose of Frank Gore Jr. Yeah, he got 10 yards. So, it, it, you know, so that's the thing. So they're preparing and they got the coaching staff that probably looks at films, look when they, uh, you know, when Texas A&M plays a team like Miami, what their tendencies are on offense and defense. And, uh, yeah, they'll be well-prepared. I don't ever uh, have to worry about that. We have so much coming on this episode of Locked on Canes, and Larry Bluestein is nice enough to stop by. We're going to talk about a lot of specific Miami targets for the class of 2023, some of which will be at the game this weekend, visiting College Station. Others will be watching intently. Uh, We're going to be covering on this episode uh, players like David Hicks, five-star defensive tackle. We'll be talking about Damari Brown. We'll be talking about Jalen Brown. I know he's he's an LSU commit, but he's he's looking around, including making an official visit to Texas Texas A&M this week. So we have a lot coming up. Plus, when we come back, our stock report. We debuted this last week. People love it. We'll tell you which Hurricanes players we're buying stock in for this matchup against Texas A&M. And guys, make sure you make betonline.net your source, your number one source, like it is for me, for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. I'm on the website every day. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchup, news, and podcasts, including this year's games and Miami, by the way, five and a half point underdog uh, this week at College Station. So if you want to jump on that, 
Bet Online is also your continued source for all your sporting wagering info, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. Available free wherever you get your podcasts, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey. Available free on YouTube. So make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel and hit that thumbs up button. Larry Bluestein is nice enough to join us today. So, Blue, uh, are you ready for the stock report? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I uh, was watching it last week and uh, he had some really, really uh, good guys on there and, uh, and inter- very interesting, too. And I want people to remember, as experienced traders like we are, we <laughs> like to buy low, right? Like, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily buying Xavier Restrepo stock right now because it's been absolutely soaring. We like to buy low, my friends. And because, you know, you, you've got your uh, your weird uncle down the street, Uncle Louie, who's got these like crazy stock tips like, yeah, come here, kid. Come here. I, I got this great idea for you. I don't know if you've heard of this. Tesla. They make cars. They make electric cars. You should buy stock. You may not know about this one. Everybody knows about this one. We give you advice on how to buy low here. So as for who I'm buying stock in blue for this matchup, um, I think this is a great opportunity heading into this Texas A&M game. I'm definitely buying low with Will Mallory. Zero catches last week. And I've got to think if Miami's going to move the football consistently against Texas A&M, first of all, If the Aggies decide they want to shut down Xavier Restrepo, they can do it. And that's going to open things up for other guys. And Will Mallory, I think, is going to be an important safety blanket. And he's got to step up after, you know, being on the field a lot last week and not having any any catches last week. So I'm definitely buying low in Will Mallory. Um, I'll tell you another one, Blue, another pass catcher. Um, You know, this may be a little bit of a risky investment, but I'm basically buying at the bottom here, okay? I'm going to buy at the bottom with Jacoby George. He's coming off suspension this week. Now, with him just having come off suspension, he hasn't played in either of the first two games, so he doesn't have his sea legs having not played. I don't know how much he's going to get used, but I know Jacoby is hungry. I know he's motivated to make up for lost time after being suspended the first couple of games, and He's also one of Miami's top deep threats. I mean, Jacoby George averaged 26.2 yards per reception last year. So I don't know if this one's going to soar to the moon in one game, but I'm going to buy right now basically at zero with Jacoby George. Nice. Nice. I think those are pretty good ones. I'll tell you who I'm going to buy low with. He's from there, Arroyo. I mean, here's a guy you talk about Mallory not getting any catches. Royal really hasn't gotten into the game plan, but coming back home, uh, being from the state of Texas and have an opportunity again uh, to have a lot of people that he knows on hand. I think that he is the perfect guy because no one's really paying any attention to him. They got all their eyes on Will Mallory if they go into a tight end passing game. And I'll tell you another one. A lot of people on, on the defensive side of the ball and, I mentioned them, and but people still don't want to buy into uh, to Corey Flag. I don't oh, know. I'm why. buying. He was, he was elite. <laughs> I'm buying. He was, 
Yeah, he was a leading tackler last year on the team. He's been the leading tackler in the first two games for Miami. He's come up with big plays. He may not be the fast and the 6'2", 230 that you're looking for, but like guys before him, like Sean Spence, who, uh, you know, was a buck 190, 195 when he came to Miami. Uh, they're playmakers and you know, he's always around the ball. He's a sure tackler. And I think his stock has a chance to really soar in this game. You know, I'm also going to buy speaking of defense. um, The secrets out here. So this is the, this is a stock people know about. I don't know if they've been buying it heavily just yet, but I'm comfortable now to buy Nigel E. Kelly stock. Okay. Uh, He got his first career sack last week, and I think the pass rush is going to be really important this week, Blue. He's probably the best natural pass rusher on the team. Very young, though, as a true freshman. So I'm buying Nigel E. Kelly stock. And then uh, I I think the last uh, major investment that I'm going to make heading into this week, and by the way, I want to remind people, these are not real stocks. (laughs) This is not financial advice. I think legally I have to say that because anytime I start to get, even though it's clearly Fugazi financial advice, I think yes, I have yes, to give yes. that disclaimer. <laughs> but I'm going to be buying stock in Lou Headley and Andy Borigalis. All right. Okay. Because in a game like this, which I believe is going to be close, maybe some of you think, you know, Miami's going to blow them out. Uh, I, I would love it, but I doubt it. Yeah. Maybe some maybe some of you think, you know what, when Miami faces SEC teams, they always fade. So maybe some of you think Texas A&M is going to blow Miami out. I believe it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be the type of game, Blue, where every field goal matters. It could come down to a game-winning field goal for one side or the other. Sure. And every yard of field position is going to matter. Like Lou Headley's job in this game, and he punted great last week against Southern Miss. Lou Headley has got a very important job here. So does Andy Borgallis. I'm buying tons of stock in the punter and the kicker. Okay, that's a good thing. Remember, on because uh, I was just thinking as you were talking to, to get away from the special teams, but uh, Akeem Mesidor will, will could be back. And he yes. was in the first game against uh, Bethune-Cookman, a terror. I know it was Bethune-Cookman, but they were without him last week. And I think he comes back. He's a difference maker. But what he does is open up, for somebody else, I'm going to buy some really, really stock very low on, and I think that he's going to come through, is to Corey Couch. He may have turned into the best defensive back Miami has right now. Uh, you know, he's a ball hawk. He's always around the ball. Uh, he's a player, uh, and he could come up big. I mean, especially in the passing game, especially with an unknown quarterback and a good pass rush, as you mentioned, with Kelly, Lichtenstein, whoever's you know playing up front along with Mesador uh, and, and also, uh, you know, whoever else they choose to put up front. But that what that does is make the defensive secondary a lot a lot better. And I think that the Corey Couch is somebody that we could buy extremely low on yeah. right now because there's a lot of people say, well, you know, this and that, but uh, keep your eye. You know, speaking of the defensive backfield, uh, what do you take? Uh, what What do you take away from what's going on right now with Avante Williams? And do you think, uh, you know, obviously he's not been happy, but coach, the coaches spoke on Monday, and it sounds like they're really trying to like smooth things over with him and keep him focused on the process. Do Do you think he's going to end up carving out more playing time for himself here? Well, you know, I mean, the first thing was where are you going to put him. I mean, right now, unless you move uh, James Williams back down towards the box like they did in a couple of plays in the last game, then there's no room for him right now. But if you decide to do that and maybe move move him down and then enter Alvante in some place, 
you get a fresh body and a guy who can make plays and may have enough of a chip on his shoulder to say, you know what, I'm going to show these people that I'm, I'm one of the best. And, you know, I mean, the whole thing is, is, is what does Mario uses? You practice how you play. And, and, you know, right. I mean, and, and that's the one thing. If he doesn't practice very well, then you can't very well, you know, you can't expect Miami to kind of insert him and and, and count on him. So I think this is a, a big time opportunity for him this week because uh, a valuable opponent, uh, somebody who can beat you in a lot of ways, uh, and uh, he may be just the recipe. Because I just, I've told you from the beginning, and I know people want to argue with me, but th- there's no more six five safeties. They don't come. Cam Chancellor was the last big guy yeah. in the safety. So I think eventually James is going to have to move down because he's so skilled. I mean, you know, so he, he so he could pass cover and, and so he could stop the run and he could and he's he's also to the point where you could blitz him. So I think if you put Cam and and uh, and uh, Alvante, you know, a safety and then move James down a little bit to the mic or whatever they, they call the, the hybrid position. Um, I, what, what do they call that? Uh, the, the, star? the star, the yeah. star, uh, the star position. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that if they get Alvante in, in, in the mix, cause he is a talent and there's no doubt about it. He could play the game. So he just, he needs to become that team player, just like everybody else on the team. You're never going to hear people like Rashard Smith or people who are big time football talents coming out of high school complain because that's not who they are. By the way, you can follow us, uh, follow the show on Twitter. You see where you can follow me and where you can follow Blue, at Larry Bluestein on Twitter, and I'm at Alex Dono. You can also follow Locked on Canes, at Locked on Canes. And people have been tweeting us now who they are buying stock in for this week. And a lot of you are saying you're buying Tyler Van Dyke stock. And you know what? I can ride with that yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. His, he took a dip. Like, st- stock-wise, TVD took a dip, didn't have a very good first half against Southern Miss and Tyler Van Dyke. He said it this week. He enjoys being booed. And so if he enjoys being booed, he's going to have a great time this Saturday because Miami's going to get booed a lot by 102,000 fans there sure. at Texas A&M and blue. You're the one who mentioned off the top. He had some of his biggest moments last year in prime time when the lights were brightest and in some yeah. big road games as well. So I could definitely see buying some stock in Tyler Van Dyke. This could end up being like a defining performance for him this season but when we come back I want to talk some recruiting with Larry, Larry Bluestein because there are some key players and you know I think in the weeks to come we'll start talking a little bit more about 2024 but I still want to focus on a lot of 2023 guys so uh, and we have the top expert here with us so keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today we are part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network your team every day. So blue, I, I don't, I don't think he's uh, going to be at this game this week. But a player that's getting a lot of buzz towards Miami the last couple of weeks, and everybody tells me this guy's really underrated. That's Edwin Joseph, who's just a three-star out of Chaminade, uh, plays both cornerback and wide receiver. I understand Miami is recruiting him to be a defensive back, and sounds like he's a lifelong Canes fan and his father's a lifelong Canes fan so he may be uh, he may be very much leaning to Miami right now what can you tell me about this player well from the beginning I've been an Edwin Joseph fan I've told a lot of people back since he was a sophomore I followed him one of the 
without a doubt, he's the most va- versatile and most valuable player that Chaminade has. And that's saying a lot with Jeremiah Smith and Josiah Trader and some of the other studs. But this is a guy that comes. He's one of those lunch pail guys. You know, he brings his he brings his lunch to, to work and and he just busts his tail and he never complains about anything because Remember, he was a, a go-to receiver last year. Then all of a sudden they brought in Josiah Trader in the offseason for Miami Central, and it would have been easier for him to say, you know what, this is terrible. I'm leaving. I could play anywhere. I've you know given this program. But he didn't. He understands that he's a valuable commodity on both sides of the ball. Against uh, In a game against Dillard, he, they were down 14-0. He single-handedly turned the ball game around with tremendous catches, and he continues to do it he would be a perfect fit for Miami. Uh, just like a, a kid that gets it done in the classroom, he gets it done on the football field, and you'll never, like Restrepo, you'll never, ever have to worry about him, you know, being being a cancer in the locker room because he's not. He's a team player from the beginning, which I can't say the, the same about a, a lot of other kids. Do, do you agree? Like, does he project out better as a defensive back, or do you think Miami might be leaning that way just because of their own team needs? Well, when he gets on campus and, you know, I mean, if he gets on campus here, they'll find out because, mm. yes, he, he's a tremendous defensive back, but he's such a clutch receiver. He gets open all the time. He's got great hands. His speed is really good. I mean, it's not blazing, but, right. you know, you, everybody has a purpose on a, on a football team. Some guys that could spread the offense. I mean, you look at the Dolphins are a perfect example where you have two speedsters, but then you have other kids that complement them. And that's, that's what happens with him. You know, he's, He's quick enough where he's going to get open. He's smart enough to get open. And, yeah, he'd be he'd be a great asset no matter where he plays on the football field. So, you know, somebody we're definitely going to be watching until he announces, which may not be until signing day, uh, one of the top players in the class, David Hicks, five-star from Texas, who, who is, seems to be maybe a Texas A&M lean or at least their favorite. He's going to be at the game this weekend, but Miami's also on his list of finalists. So, do you think Miami might be able to sway a guy like David Hicks with a good performance? Well, you know what? They're not going to bend over backwards because if he's obviously set on somewhere and then for a reason, all they could do is do what they could do the best. And if they win or he likes what they see from the coaching, you know, he, he likes what, you know, the way the vibes are and the kids. And like I said, you got a couple of kids from Texas that can get in his ear and say, listen, you can go to A&M and you could be just another guy or you can come here and get be given a fair opportunity just like all these guys were. See, Nigel Lee Kelly, Wesley Besaint are already on the field at Miami. In some places, if they played at Alabama and some of the other places, they might not have been on the field yet. And that's the thing. Miami offers that early on in, in this process where their depth is not you know, the best yet. It's getting there, but – uh, that that offers these kids, uh, you know, and David Hicks is the same way. He, he figures, you know what, if I go to Miami, I'll be could be like Leonard Taylor. I could get right in that mix, you know, in the first year, get some playing time, you know, yield a little bit to the upperclassmen, but at the same time, get your feet wet and and get an opportunity to play. So, yeah, this is this is a game that he's going to kind of look and, and I'm sure that he's going to evaluate on his own. Four-star receiver out of Gulliver, Jalen Brown. He's an LSU verbal commit, but seems like things are still pretty open for him. I don't know if maybe LSU's uh, start to the season might have anything to do with that, but he he's going to be, uh, I understand, visiting A&M this weekend. I think, I think it's an official visit. Jimbo Fisher's recruiting him hard. 
Uh, you know, before he committed to LSU, a lot of people thought it was a slam dunk for Miami, and then he ends up picking LSU. A lot of rumors about what may have been going on behind the scenes, but seems like things are still open for Jalen Brown. Is is it still open with Miami, or is that ship sailed? Uh, I think he's. It's either LSU or A and M at this point. Okay. I really believe. You know, I just. I think that he wants to get out of the area. You know, I mean, like we say, you know, look in the past. I mean, when Miami's the bet was the best of the best, still lost guys like Derek Thomas and Marvin Jones and Steve Hutchinson and and players that were in the South Florida area. So it happens. And if he does, best to him. Good kid, great family, uh, big time player. And uh, you know, but I I think maybe Miami was in the mix early on. Um, and, uh, I just think that, uh, he wanted to get out of South Florida and, uh, you know, I mean, I can respect that. And speaking of wanting to get out of South Florida, I've heard that's the case for Hakeem Williams out of Stranahan that he, he want, like some guys want to stay at the crib. Some guys want to go experience, you know, other areas of the country. And I, I, I and I'm not making like an excuse if Miami doesn't land him, it's because he wanted to leave town. No. Just, this is what I've heard, uh, that he, that he would maybe prefer leaving town for school, uh, Hakeem is he's been trending to Texas A&M he's going to be visiting for this game there's also been some FSU buzz with him and a little bit of Miami buzz so what do you think is going on with Hakeem well exactly what you said I I think this is an opportunity for A&M to kind of sway him big kid obviously needs some refinement and you know and that will happen during his freshman year where they're going to you know do remember he was a basketball guy for so long he didn't put a lot of emphasis into football yeah. But because he's 6'5 and because he has got long reach and he's got some quickness to him that, uh, you know, somebody where like A&M feels he could be a project. Um, you know, he, he reminds me and I know he's a wide receiver right now, but if you remember Marcellus Bennett, uh, who played yeah. at Texas A&M and he came out of high school Mar- as a Martellus, receiver yeah, yeah. as a receiver. And then he turned into a tight end because he was 6'5". Uh, you know, that's and remember, he was a tight end running in the four or five range. So that wasn't terrible. Um, so, you know, I'm sure they could throw a lot of things like that. FSU is a really, really uh, a pro, a program that's really in the mix because of the fact that, you know, I mean, just the way they throw the ball around, they distribute it. Uh, you know, I mean, and that's the type of offense that uh, Coach Norvell runs. And Obviously, that's appealing. And then there's Miami, you know, a team that he could stay at home. But I don't think he's favor on staying home. But if he does, he won't be making a mistake. I think he can come in and the way things have been at Miami with nobody really stepping up and taking that uh, wide receiver one position, except for Restrepo. uh, I think he would uh, he would fare fairly well down here, especially you get a lot of tutelage from the uh, from the receiver uh, position uh, and also from the offensive coordinator as well as Mario, you know, helping him along. Kid's got the tools. He just needs the experience. Constant, uh, constant resource for information. Nobody does it like Blue. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Larry Bluestein. Make sure you check him out Monday nights on 560 WQAM, the best high school football show in the country. And make sure you check him out on the Six Rings Cane Show as well. Blue, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. Enjoy all the high school games coming up this week and enjoy Miami at Texas A&M. Thank you, Alex. Appreciate you as always. Always. And make sure, guys, you get more on the ACC by making Locked On ACC your second listen every day. I'm going to be on the Thursday episode of Locked On ACC alongside host Candace Cooper, local experts like myself, if you can call me an expert, uh, take you across the ACC in 30 minutes. Make Locked On ACC your second listen. Thank you for making us your first. We will talk to you again tomorrow. Tomorrow, 
we got the Texas A&M crossover with Joey Ikes from Locked On Aggies. So, you know, we're going to cover everything for this matchup. So thank you so much. We'll talk to you again on another episode of Locked On Canes, part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.